0: mm <laughs> we are in chapter 17 of the Acts of the Apostles. We continue this teaching and I will read like I said and then stop and give some comments. Chapter 17. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. Now this is uh, Paul and his team. Paul, Silas, Timothy, and uh, perhaps Philip, or not Philip, perhaps Luke who was writing this story. When they had passed through Amphipolis, now he say when they, which means the palace has not joined them here, that's look that all this thing. Say when they, if I say they when we. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. Like I would say, if there's a synagogue, that's where they go first because they have these are uh, people that have their countrymen. Still, and Paul, as his manner was well you known to them. And three Sabbath days reasoning with them out of the out of the scriptures, reasoning with the Jews, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered, and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus who I preach unto you is Christ. So he has to convince the Jews that they are listening in this that This is what the prophecies say. It's what some said that it is the Messiah that must suffer and shed his blood for mankind and. So- he has them, going and say, the Jesus I preached to you is the one that has fulfilled that. So some we believe, some we not. Some of them, verse 4, and some of them believed and consulted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks, a great multitude, and of the chief women, not a few. But the Jews which believed not moved with envy. So always envy, okay? You now, these, these new people are, call, are calling crowds unto themselves. And they are these people that formerly are the. The elites are now becoming sidelined, so they become jealous. They were moved with envy. They took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort and gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. So there's persecution. They are now raising persecution against Paul and his team. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying that these that have turned the world upside down. I come either also, only by turning the world upside down, that these people are preaching something that is making people change. They are changing the life of people, of course. But these unbelievers say, they are turning the world upside down. They say, actually, the world is upside down. They are just trying to turn it the right way up. Praise <laughs> And they say, these people have turned it, They are turning the world upside down. They have come to this place also. But since the whom Jason has received, and say, they brought this. Jason who was one of the rulers of the synagogue. He said, he has received them. And this all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. So they are now saying, these people are against Caesar that is the king of, the, of, of Rome. That we are, that the old nation, the people in that generation were all serving Rome. So they are now saying there's another king called Jesus that the people are to follow. And this is contrary to Caesar. So they are trying to make it political. without we make these uh, rulers to be afraid to say, political something. But it's not political. King Jesus is a spiritual king in our heart right now, but they are not trying to use that. They are trying to use political kings. Say, "Well, he's going to be against Caesar." So that's what they, That's what how they presented to the rulers, so that we make the rulers to be to, to take it seriously. Verse eight, and they trouble the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things, and when they are taking security of Jason and of the other, they let them go they said, "This man is one of them, so they wanted to make sure we know where you live. Give us your name, your address so that if this trouble we know to we'll come and arrest." So that's why they said they took security of Jason. They didn't, find, they didn't find these people, but they brought the man that they said, "This man is one that has invited them or welcomed them into his house. and so they said, "Well, are they with you? No, they are not with me. okay? We want to write your name down so that we know where to come." So that was why all they meant by they took security of Jason. And then let them go. Verse 10. And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea. Now, the, the, because of the rabble rousing that took place and what they were presenting to the judges, to the rulers, that these people are trying to start uh, something revolution against Caesar. That's what they're saying. They are trying to start a revolution against Caesar, saying there's another King Jesus. And that is going to be serious if they take that uh, line of uh, attack. And this, the believers just say, "You guys better run away before they turn into the sending the police or soldiers to come and arrest you guys." So that's why the Berlin immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night onto Berea. Who coming? Peter went into the synagogue of the Jews. He went to the synagogue again and preached. God said, "When they persecute you in one city, go to flee to the other city, but keep preaching, keep preaching." Verse 11. These in Berea were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and search the scriptures daily whether those things were so i mean these are ordinary people when they heard this thing when they went and studied the scripture themselves because they are used to they have the Torah and they were saying this is what apostle Paul says he's talking about himself let's read it again so they studied themselves and say well they studied they begin to get convinced that yeah this is what it seems to be saying Therefore, many of them believed also of honorable women, which were Greeks and of men." So, not a few. So, they were able to get convinced that what Apostle Paul was saying was correct. But, but when the Jews of Thessalonica had knowledge that the word of God was preached of Paul at Berea, which was just a neighboring city, they came thither also and starved up the people, trying to rouse in there again and say, you guys have been deceived. That's what they are trying to say. They start up the people, they, and then immediately the brethren sent away Paul to go as it was to the sea. I mean, they now say, Paul, well, he better escape before they bring the soldiers again. So, by, by Silas and Timothy are both there. Say. So it was Paul they could recognize, because he was one that is the main chief speaker. So the one that is speaking, they recognize. So they are trying to say, let's get this man and we deal with him. So they quickly take Paul and send him away. Silas and Timothy were still staying there to see what is going to be the next step. What are they going to do? Verse 15. And they that conducted Paul brought him unto Athens, and receiving a commandment unto Silas and Timothy, for to come to him with all speed they departed. So they brought Paul to Athens, which is a bigger city, and far away. But he said, well, this is, an Apostle Paul said, well, when you get back, just tell Silas and uh, Timothy just come. So they just begin to go to the next place of this thing in, in uh, Berea, while he was separated from them because of persecution against him. And they have brought him to Athens. They were we just called Timothy and Silas to come also. So he was going to wait for them in Athens. Verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, which you have to know, it's going to take days for them to come. These people are going to come back, go to, this way and tell them to go back to Athens and they are going to take some more days, even to travel. So while was, Paul was waiting there, he was preaching in the market. He said, when, while he was waiting in Athens, his speech was tired in him. When he saw the city only giving, only, completely giving to idolatry, because Athenians were in those days, were watching with so many idols. Therefore, disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews. There are synagogues there too, but uh, the Jews are not making any conversion, anybody. They just stay by themselves. Why the city was full of so many others? They worship Jupiter, they worship Saturn, they worship that, they worship, and they all have their statues, images in the market. So, Apostle Paul was disputing with the Jews that, why are you guys able to live among these people without witnessing to them about the true God? And with the devout persons, he was debating with them. And in the market, daily, with them that met with him. I was preaching to him the, the the Greeks and all the Athenians, anyone that will listen. So then, certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics, those are different groups, encountered him. Some said, "What will this Babbler say?" Now they call him a babla. Number one, he was speaking Greek to preach to them because Greek is the common language. let when you are talking Greek to the Greeks, you are you have a lesson also. It's like we Africans talking English to the British people, we have our own lesson. So even though we are fluent in English, but we are still talking to them that we are like a uh, babbling because we are not pronouncing the words the way they were raised to pronounce it. So they, look, they listen to the apostles and say, it's a babbler, it's a babbler in, in Greek because these Athenians are themselves Greeks. And he said, what will this babbler say? Others say, well, he seems to be a set of forth of strange gods because he preached unto them Jesus and the resurrection. So he was talking about a god. Uh, they were saying, another god, they have so many gods, and he's talking about another god here. And they took him and brought him onto Areopagus, Areopagus, saying, may we know what this new doctrine, whereof thou speakest is, for thou bringest certain strange things to our ears. We will know therefore what these things mean. I mean, these Athenians were becoming scientific. They have conferences, they are in that generation. They have conferences, I mean like a the theater, we, say, we want to hear your own opinion also. So they're not afraid to hear your opinion. Just come and tell us. We decide for ourselves. Verse 21. For all the Athenians and strangers which were there, spend their time in nothing else, but either to tell or to hear some new thing. So that was the beginning of a scientific uh, presentation. They are already doing it in that generation where somebody comes with the idea. In mean, the time, it's not science, it's more like a philosopher. Somebody come and tell us a poem that you've written, that will make our head roll if you listen to it. So they are all philosophers have to tell their new ideas. How the philosopher is that this is how the world is. So they like to listen to all those things like opinions, opinions of other people. And that becomes the scientific approach also in this generation also. That's why you scientists, you engineers, they have conferences, you have been doing some research here. Yeah, come and tell us your research, what you have found out. So, that is going on in our generation. But it started, it started in way in those days in the Athenians. They were having that same lifestyle of listening to different presenters. So, they brought up Apostle Paul. He said, We are hearing some strange things from your ears. Come over here. This is where you always present it to everybody. Come over and listen. And let's hear you. So, for all the Athenians and strangers which were there, spend their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new things. Philosophers, verse twenty-two. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill. They call it place Mars Hill, almost like a uh, a, a raised platform. Where he said, "This is Mars Hill. You stand there and tell, tell us what we are talking about." And said, "Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious." So Apostle Paul is going to present the gospel to these heathen and philosophers and uh, scientists. And let's see how he, what what angle is going to come on to them. And this is an interesting angle that the Apostle Paul used. He said, I see that you are so too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions and your worshiping this and worshiping that, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. I mean, these Athenians they have worshiped so many gods, and they think there must be another God we don't know. That's still causing all these things to happen. So let's just have the altar here, call it to the unknown God. Wherever you are, here is an altar for you. Please, leave it, kind of a thing. That's what they said. They have another altar called to the unknown God. And the other gods that are still affecting the world that we don't know. We have worshipped Jupiter. We have worshipped this. We have worshipped that. Look like they are at peace. There's something that is happening. We don't know who is doing this. Maybe it's the other God we don't know. So let's worship that one too. So that's what they call this. They so told the unknown God. So Apostle is going to use that as is stepping stone of what he's telling them about. say Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare unto you. That is the unknown God you are talking about. I want to talk to you about him. Now, that's the true God. Verse 24. God hath made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with men's hands, as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all, life and breath and all things. And has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their abyss. So he was first praising God that this God that you don't know, I won't talk to you about it. He's the one that created all things, and he made all human beings from one blood. So with one blood, red blood has flowed into every one of us, and he has set a place for habitation for us. But since that they that this. That this human being should seek the Lord. If aptly they might feel after him and find him. Though he be not far from every one of us. But when said, For in him, in this God that he's talking about, we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your, poor, of your own poets have said the same thing. For we are also in suffering. See? Even some of your writers have said that we are all off- offsprings of God that created everything. But I said, For as much then as we are the offspring of God. We ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art or a man's device. You don't think of Godhead as if it is to be made of gold or silver, like you have for all these statues. But starting now, he's going to put in the punchline. At the times of this ignorance, so it's ignorance you are all using to worship this God that you are thinking you are trying to get to and making statues of him. No. See, that's the time of it growing. God has winked those and say, now commanded all men everywhere to repent. Because he has appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness. By that man whom he has raised, he has ordained. So now he's going to bring them to know about Jesus. Wherefore, he has given assurance unto all men in that he has raised him from the he's called the man Jesus. That is, this man he has ordained that he's going to judge the world through one man. And that man is Jesus Christ. That's how Apostle Paul comes in that angle he used to talk to them. When they heard of that, this man was resurrected from the dead, they thought, oh, this must be a a gimmick. Some monks, others say we will hear the again of this man. I mean they have in their own opinion, death is no comeback. So if you they heard that, you say God raised somebody from the dead, ah, you have been fooled. That's what they thought. You guys have been fooled. Some people put a word upon you and say it was dead no, nobody come back from the dead. So that is why they just stopped him right there. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. Others said, we will hear thee again of this matter. So they just said, well, let's postpone this. It's almost like we have concluded our books and we said, when somebody died, it never come back. Close book. So they have concluded before Apostle Paul came. So when now came and said, hey, somebody rose from the dead," they said, ah, this one of those people have been fooled. So they thought it was fooled. So let's just say, well, let's just stop right there, you have you been fooled. But Paul departed from among them because they have closed their mind against resurrection. Albeit, certain men cleave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysius, the Areopagite and a woman named Nabam Damaris and that with them. So some people believe and they follow Paul to learn more. And that is the same thing God is still doing. If you believe, you will want to know more. And God bless. You. I'm going to continue this in the next chapter. Amen.